how did you start podcasting? Well, I've been doing podcasting for three years now. It will be almost three years this December. It started back in December of 2020 when we were still on lockdown. A lot of people say, you know, do you have to be a certain... Do you have to be a certain age in your life to start doing anything? Like, no. You can start at any age for anything. And a lot of people think, think, well, you have to start when you're very, very young. No. I was at an age where I'm entering a new, new phase in my life. And I thought, you know, in addition to the things I want to do in life, you know, other things, I said to myself, oh, let me go into podcasting because I think that I like to talk to people. And I figured I could talk to them not just about everything that I've gone through, but things in general, many different categories. You know. And I do cover every different topic. If I've been exposed to it, if I've had some experience or, or something to that effect, or if I just want to just talk about something random and give you my opinion on it, I think people need to be motivated. A lot of people think I can't really do much of anything. I have to start at a certain age. No, you don't. If you look at the great great the great people in our time that started late in life and developed these billionaire companies big startup companies they started late in life they didn't start like right out of high school you know again when you're a certain age and let's go back to a time when you were in high school and you're graduating and you're going to college and you're trying to decide what do I want to do and a lot of people a lot of young people sometimes just bypass going to college and say well I'm going to work make some money, and then when I have enough money of my own, I'm going to put myself through school. Because you figured, I don't want my parents to do it. Yeah, they'll help me out, and I don't want to go for a scholarship or a grant or anything like that, so I'm going to do it myself. Okay, that's fine. When I, I was in college for two and a half years, and I didn't figure out what I wanted to do. I kept changing. When I was little, I, I wanted to do many different fields. Oh, one day I want to grow up to be a doctor, but then I changed my mind. Doc, from doctor to lawyer to teacher, I kept changing my mind. I didn't know what I wanted to do. When I was in college, I just took courses, random courses. I didn't have any goals set in mind, like, oh, I want to do something in the science field, or maybe I want to do something in, um, in academics or, or something in, in, in business. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I basically dropped out, and I decided to work. I had my first job when I was 21. It was three months after my father passed away. Now, when you're a certain age, when you're in your early 20s, I think, oh, I got plenty of time to decide what I want to do. I don't want to be pressured. You know, my family says, whatever it is you want to do, we will support you. I had crazy dreams. I said to myself, well, you know, maybe I should do something in drama, you know, or writing, you know, become an author, write many books, you know, or it could be stories, self-help books, you know, whatever. I was like, yeah, and I'm not, my head wasn't into it. I guess a part of me just wanted to just find myself. And I thought to myself, you know, maybe I can teach all of you the fine art of podcasting. Now, I know there's millions of people that you listen to on a daily basis on other channels. And they're going to say, well, how did you find this channel? I don't know. I just put the search term, the search word podcasts. And we're looking at all the different platforms that are out there. And I just happened to go on this platform. And I thought to myself, yeah, I kind of like this. You know, I'm going to try it. Didn't think I was going to have anybody listen to me. Didn't think I was going to have any type of an audience. But with the help of LinkedIn, when you have contacts and then you share your episodes and then word of mouth comes by, you get noticed. Now I've noticed now 
since I've been on here almost three years, my audience has grew through word of mouth and through the help of some LinkedIn people that I'm connected and close with. You know, I guess that all I'm saying is this, you don't have to be a certain age to start anything in life. You can do it at any age. There's no time limit. Everyone seems to think, oh, you have to be young to do this. No, I've seen people a lot older, even older than me, get into many different fields because maybe at the time when they were younger, they couldn't decide what they wanted to do. You know, you don't have to be forced to say, okay, I graduated high school, now I have to go to college. No, Elon Musk put it best. You really don't need to have a college degree in anything because if you think about it, let's learn about life through life experience. Think about that. You don't need to be sitting in a classroom and being taught by a boring professor on how to live life, how to be in life. You're doing it now. You've been doing it all along. I had the greatest teachers and my parents growing up, and they taught me a lot more than what I would have learned in the classroom. I didn't learn anything in the classroom that I applied. Even throughout middle school and high school, and then even a little bit of college, I really didn't have the mindset to be sitting in a classroom and learning something that, I'll be honest with you, I could even teach myself. I wanted a virtual experience, meaning traveling or meeting people that come from other parts of the world and learning more about them without having to sit through a classroom and look at a textbook or a film. You don't learn life that way. You cannot possibly learn life's experiences unless you physically have been in life and have been dealt. I've been dealt with many different experiences in my lifetime. I feel like, again, I'm looking back at my life through a time, a time uh, machine, like a film reel. And I see myself as when I was a little girl, to a, to a preteen, to a teenager, and then to a young adult, and then having to face everything that happened after my father passed. See, I talk about many things that would appeal to people, random things. People say, oh, can you, can you pay a tribute to this person? Or can you talk about this? Yeah, sure. Give me suggestions. Give me ideas. What did I not cover? What did I miss? You know, I sometimes will look at a, a video posted on another social media site and just take inspiration off of that and put my own twist to it. There are some things that I don't agree with, you know. I was actually scrolling a little while ago on YouTube, watching YouTube shorts and just subscribing to different people's like podcasts and, and just random, you know. And they were talking about, and there was one thing that I, that I want to do, but I don't want it to be controversial. I don't want to raise any controversy, but about women. Women, because everyone says, oh, you're always attacking the women. Well, the reason why, I never had female friends. Never had a true female friend, someone I can confide with. I've always been around males. Males were the, the ones that made me feel comfortable. I can talk about anything with them. They wouldn't be shocked when you talk something to a female. It's like, you know, we don't talk about that. See, I don't like being around females that are prim and proper. Like, hey, they've never been loose. They never, they never you're not, you can't get comfortable talking about anything to a female that you would to a male because males are a little more easygoing, I believe. That's my personal opinion. Again, none of you can, should agree with me. You're based off of your own opinions on what you think about males and females. But for me, I had a hard time with females. And even throughout school, I never had one close female friend that I could easily remember. 
if I look through a photo album, I don't see any pictures of me around females. It's more of males. Now you think, okay, a lot of the males that you associate with in your lifetime, what were, what were they to? I, I saw them as brothers, believe it or not. We didn't have a close connection. I didn't like, oh, I hung around with the males for one thing. No, I was not the type of woman to do that. We had more of a brother-sister feel because I always wanted a brother. Whether he was older than me, younger than me, or the same age, didn't matter. It's just that males for me were just easier to talk with. We had fun times. We, we could talk about anything and everything. With females, I don't know. Females, I find they're very critical. And I'm not the only one who feels this way. There are a majority of females that will agree with this. You know, if you've ever been in the workplace, most of the bosses I had were male. I had maybe one female. And one female out of the bunch, she was the exception to the rule because she was easy to talk with. She wanted to get to know you, not just on the level of you, you know, being employer, employee, but as a friend. And I thought, okay. It made me a little uncomfortable at first, and I thought, okay. You know, we were just not just, you know, working together. We were also, you know, she would take us out to lunch as a group, and, you know, we, we would get to really know one another. But that was, again, the exception to the rule. Other times, though, and I've experienced this through my years of working, me and females never saw, never saw eye to eye. I don't know why. And again, I stand out, not just from that female perspective, but the male perspective too. Just people in general, the black sheep. And when, when someone says to me, oh, you shouldn't talk about yourself that way, but I find that to be a compliment. I find it to be a compliment. I'm the black sheep. I am different from everybody. I speak out and I consider myself to be bizarre. And I, I'll give you an example, and I wanted to bring this up. So I'm working from home and I get a phone call. Now, when people try to pronounce my name, I'm getting irritated now with this. When people try to pronounce my name, oh my God, they just shred the name to bits. I've been in this country for a long time now. You would think people would know. No. And I got a little irritated. And, I, and they were trying to pronounce my name. And I'm telling you, I was irritated. Twice. Women. These are women now. If it was men, men would be like, oh my God, Aphrodite. I've never met anybody by the name of Aphrodite. Women, on the other hand, no. Women just could not pronounce the name. They were struggling. I was like, oh my God. Have you never taken a mythology course? Have you never watched a movie with the name pop up? And my mother was right. People here in America are really stupid. Sorry to say it. I'm sure if I go overseas, I will not get that reaction. I will get, oh my God, Aphrodite, Aphrodite. I've actually heard somebody talk to, talk to me through British, British accent. Aphrodite, Aphrodite. Oh, that's a beautiful name, Aphrodite. Right. It is a beautiful name. But when it gets shredded to pieces and people, people are still questioning about me. Is that really your name? Let me think. Is that really my name? Yeah, it must be. I didn't magically one day wake up and say, you know what, I'm going to change my name. No, that's my name. I was born with it. Now, the spelling is a little bit different, but it's my name. I was, I, as I was blessed to have that name through my grandmother. Okay, now, both of my sisters have normal names. So they never got teased the way I did. I got teased. I got, like, you know, attacked in school left and right. And then when teachers would call my name, that's when they would get very, like, frustrated. And you could tell they tensed up and stuff. It's not that difficult. You would think a teacher, a teacher, a history teacher, a science teacher, an English teacher. But it irritated me that grown women from a business 
couldn't pronounce my name. And I got a little irritated. I got a little... I said... I told them Aphrodite. They were like, just attacking it left and right. And I'm like, thinking to myself, oh my God. You know, there are a lot of worse names, names that are longer than mine that I would never be able to pronounce. I would try, but I would don't want to hurt someone's feelings if I mispronounce a person's name. You know, because you work with people and you think, my God. And everybody's like, but you got such a beautiful, unique name. At one time, I wanted to change it. I said to myself, if I ever go into the celebrity world, I said, I will just have my first name and no last name, Aphrodite. <laughs> you know, and that way people are like, oh my God, yeah, we know her. We follow her on her on her channel and and we, you know, we, we listen to her podcasts. Oh my God, yeah. See, I don't give my full last name. I think that that's, you know, it's private for me. Because again, who's going who's gonna to listen to a podcast with a full name? Some people try to take the name that they have and change it. Why? I've talked about that too. You, whenever you go into entertainment and you make a movie or a TV show, you don't want to use the name that was given to you at birth for whatever reason because you think, oh, nobody's really going to be, you know, excited to hear about so-and-so when they get introduced, you know, to do a talk show or a variety show or whatever. Why would you change the name that was given to you at birth? See, for me, I will keep my name. I will just have the first name and no last name. If you, the last name might just be the initial, and that's it. But I want to be known in the in the entertainment world. But not have people shred the name. They shred it to death, or they just. I think they feign ignorance when they come to my name like that. Even when okay, and now I'm going to give you an exa- another example. So last month, I had jury duty, right? Jury duty, and they were going to pick me for a case, right? Now, the person who was reading the name couldn't read it. And I said, Aphrodite. How hard is that? It's not that difficult. And I was like, oh my God, you know, now again, I've been here a lot longer. I was born in New York, but raised here and on the other side of the river. And my mother had, and, and I noticed that we used to have the answering machine when somebody would leave me a message. It's like, Mom, do you hear the way they pronounce my name? I'm like, my God, who are these people? <laughs> my mother was very comical. You know, everyone's saying, oh my God, you could be a comedian. You could do that for a living. Yeah, I, I can make people laugh. But the little things irritate me. And you think, well, they shouldn't. There are many times when I wanted to change my name altogether and think, well, maybe if I take my name and change it, they're like, no, 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 don't do that. Because I don't like my middle name. <laughs> so I'm grateful I have a foreign name. And it's weird. And the one thing I've also experienced is when I come into this, when I'm living now in this part of the world, people still think that I cannot speak a word of English. They think, oh my God, she's foreign. So she must have been born in a foreign country. They talk down to me as if they talk down as if I'm a child. And they have to talk very slowly. Do you understand what I am saying? Now, when I opened them up, my mom said, yes, I, of course I understand. They're like, oh my God, how did you learn to speak English? Uh, I was born here. Yes, I was born to foreign-born parents. And all of my family was born in another country, but they had to come here to the United States to be citizens. I was already lucky enough to be born here. You should see their mouths and their eyes go, oh, they pop out. I'm like, what is so surprising about that? So both of my sisters have normal names, and I have a foreign-born name. See? This is the opposite. My mother's name is very unique. She was named after a saint. But a lot of people couldn't pronounce her name. And they would just shorten it. 
And so I think to myself, well, that's okay, mom. You know, hey, we're living in a place where people are stupid. You know, I mean, how many names are you going to come across and you can't even pronounce them? But when you come to my name, everybody's a shocker. But a lot of people, and I believe it or not, I've actually gotten a positive response. It was about a couple, a couple of weeks ago. I was on the phone. I was on the phone with my cell phone provider, right? I got on the phone and I told him my name. I said, oh, I want to change one of my numbers. The number that I, because I have another number that I use, a private number. And he's like, oh my God. I'm talking to Aphrodite. I can't believe it. I've never spoken to an Aphrodite before. He actually complimented me. It was like the first time I ever had a real conversation with customer service or technical support. And he really goes, I can't believe I'm really talking to an Aphrodite. I'm like, why? I know a lot of people like, oh, do they really ask you if that's your name? Constantly. Constantly. And you you know what it is? You know what it is? What I find that the people who do appreciate it, the people who do appreciate it, don't take it a step further. They're like, oh my God, that's a beautiful name and you're lucky to have that name. And I am lucky to have that name. Now, again, if I go to another part of the world, it, it wouldn't make a difference. If I go to Greece, let's say, how many Aphrodites do you know are gonna be living in Greece or surrounded in the area? Many. But when you come here to America or you've already lived here for most of your life, this is the reaction I get all the time, even to this day. And I think to myself, I think we can get past it now. Now, I know I've been on off the subject, but it irritated me today, you know. And you think about this. I think, appreciate the name that was given to you at birth. Again, when you go into celebrity world, not of the celebrities will use their own names, but then some of them will just completely do a 180. I'm like, I don't get it. You were born with this name, but you changed it. Oh, I had to do it because... You know, how is that going to look when they introduce me and I win an award? Uh, be proud of what you were given. Your parents named you that for a particular reason. You know? But a lot of people just don't want to... It's like you're taking another identity when you change your name altogether. You just don't want to be known as this person. Here's a perfect example. Tina Turner. She went back to the name Anna May. That was her name. She was born Anna May Bullock. And they thought, well, if I'm going to be singing, and I have a famous husband who, by the way, was an SOB because he used to beat on her. And I saw the movie, What's Love Got to Do With It? That was a good performance. But if you notice in the movie, her husband would call her Anna Mae, and everybody would call her Tina. She took the name Tina. Then when she got divorced from that SOB, she, she kept his last name, Tina Turner. But when you look at it now, let's fast forward, and you look at her now, she calls herself Anna May. She's Anna May. Even though it's Tina Turner, because Tina Turner sounds better than Anna May. But hey, either or, either how you call Anna May or Tina, it doesn't matter, she'll respond. There's some people that just love their names, and other people just want to change them for whatever reason. And I always believe that when you change your name, you're also changing who you are. Why hide from who you are? You know, I'm always amazed when I and I, when I went to school back in the day. I had friends that came from all over the world, and I was so fascinated by them, where they came from, and their culture, and their traditional dress, and their, their foods, and everything. And I was like, I want to know more about you, because we're all different. I love the fact that we're all different. We all have a story to tell, whether we were born in another country, or we were born here, or whatever, or how we grew up. You know, our family ideals, our traditions. 
You know, my family, again, they're all foreign. They all came from Greece, with the exception of me, came into this country to become U.S. citizens. And again, when I tell people, whether at work or at school, and say, oh, like, so what, what kind of foods did, you, did your mother make? Well, my mother made traditional Greek dishes, but she also made dishes that were here based in America with a little bit of a twist. I actually told someone, yeah, I eat octopus and squid. Now, the people frown on that. I'm like, it's part of the Mediterranean diet. Seafood, bread, olive oil. It's part of the Mediterranean diet. It's a healthy form. Not all these big portions that people have over here. Big portions. Isn't that terrible? They're just huge. But I think that... The most important thing I can tell all of you is... Um, it's important to explore where your parents came from. It's important to explore your culture. To not be ashamed of where you come from. You know, a lot of people don't want to talk about where they came from. The conditions of how they grew up. My parents, I still to this day, I, I, I want to know more about their upbringing. Now, there's a part of me that wants to go back to Greece one day and just find out more about the history of this family before they became together. I want to know more about my mother's family. I want to know about my father's family. I want to know, you know, there must have been some hidden secret that we didn't know about that's coming to light. And I also want to do a DNA search to see maybe we're related to someone within the family that we don't know about. Now, granted, they may not be alive, but the idea that, oh my God, I, I have a relative who comes from royalty or, 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 you know, from kings and queens or whatever. It's exciting to really dig into your family tree to see what you can find. Now, some people don't want to do that, but you'd be surprised, you know. But I do want to know more about my family. And I know that my mother and father had a rough when they were children. It wasn't easy. You know, my father, when he came to America, when he first came to America to take on two jobs and, and to, to make a life for that for us he did it but he also struggled like everybody else he didn't know a word of English he had to teach himself you know how to speak the language you know he didn't go to school for that or he didn't watch TV now my mother when she came when, when it was finally said and done my, my mother and my sisters came over here to become U.S. citizens again my little my, my little my, my older sister I almost went to say little my older sister and I didn't know this. When she went to school, she didn't know a word of English. I said, how did you pick up? I learned television and just reading lips and watching people. And my mother had a Greek to English dictionary. So she taught herself, but she also taught through television. Now, television is a big medium. And you think, oh, my God, I can learn so much. She had nobody, no teachers, nobody to teach her the fine art of speaking another tongue. It's like me, I could speak Greek, but I can only speak some of it. I can't speak full-on conversational Greek, but I can understand it. If someone's speaking to me, I can translate. Um, and But there are some words that are bigger, phrases that are huge. I'm like, my God. I used to watch Greek soap operas with my mother, and I used to watch Greek programming and commercials and TV, and I understood what they were saying. But if you were, I were to go out there and physically have a conversation one-on-one, -on -one, it's going to be half and half. Not to say, and I and I, I think I mentioned this to my colleague, and I missed, I mentioned it to my my sister. I said, "Oh, I miss I miss mom and dad. I miss hearing their tongue." 
miss having them converse in Greek. I just miss it because I can go to a diner and hear somebody having a conversation in Greek. I'm like, oh my God, I just miss it. I wish I can converse with them. I miss hearing their language. And I think, well, maybe if I take this trip to Greece, I could find out more about their story. See, I'm not ashamed of how my parents grew up. A lot of people think, oh, your parents were very, very knee-deep in poverty. They were. And I've also been told when my mother was really sick when she was a baby, she had whooping cough. Think about all of the diseases that are making a comeback and all the medications that we need to do in case something happens again. And they talk about it like, oh my God, there could be another pandemic and oh, all these these childhood diseases that were eradicated and wiped out are making a comeback. My mother was diagnosed when she was a baby, whooping cough or pertussis as they call it. So back then, there wasn't any type of medication. It went away. I don't know if they used, I don't think they had the, the technology and the medical equipment that they have now back then. It was a different time. You know, you had to make your own specialized medicine. But my mother could have died and she didn't. She survived it. It's just the idea that when you think about childhood diseases, mumps, measles, scarlet fever, uh, all these rubella, all the plagues that happen, you think, oh my God, can it happen all over again? It can, but you have to be prepared. Now you think we're living in technological times. We're living in 21st century where there's always new medication, new technology, new advances in medicine that if there was another pandemic, now you're prepared. Now they're talking about some other on the news that scared me a little bit, valley fever. I don't even know what that is, but they says you can have fever, chills, sore throat, a cold, And the only way you can protect yourself from that is if you get another booster. But see, that's up to people. You can't force people if they don't want to. But you want to do it for your own protection. Because God forbid, if you get sick and you get something like that, you'll end up in the hospital quicker. And if for some reason, for me, I try to stay away from people that are sick. It's not easy, you know. But, hey, it's going to happen at some point. I also think that... um, you know, where you come from, who your parents are, shaped you to the, to the human that you are, to the person that you are. You think, okay, my parents went through a lot and they struggled. They went through so many different obstacles, but they came out of it a lot. Then they could have easily have given up. A lot of people say, hey, you don't understand what it's like to be poor. You don't understand what it's like to have no food. I understand. You know, I granted, we were not... When my mother and father met and they got married and they had us and we came over here, we were living in harsh times. The decade, if you go by decade, high gas or or gas shortages, high inflation. You know, again, my father was lucky enough that he had the two jobs, but he also didn't let anything, he didn't want us to go through what him and my mom went through when they were children, to have that type of life, having nothing, having to share making making ends meet making a budget sticking to it what little we have we we preserved it we kept it but there's a lot of people out there that don't understand and i believe that all of you that are in another part of the world think oh well she does understand i do understand because the way i'm living now i'm living kind of in the same similar situation now the majority of you are living through where you have no electricity. You have limited electricity. Here, there's limited electricity. Yeah, it's 
you know, you, you, you have to either do your homework or, or, or watch TV or, or whatever it is that you do by candlelight. Here, the lights are on until they're not on anymore, right? And a lot of people think, well, and then and a lot of people think, well, you, you couldn't possibly understand what we're going through. I do understand. I'm telling you. I'm looking at it through my parents' eyes. I think that my parents taught us so many different lessons about life and that we have to help our fellow citizens. We have to help the people that are around us. And we do it to the best of our ability. And I can go without certain necessities, but then I think to myself, but why? You know, a lot of people were telling me, oh my God, you went through with no food. I'm like, well, I'm struggling to make ends meet. Even though I have a job, it's always never going to be that secure. I'm, I do these podcasts, like I said, as earlier when I said to you before, I'm doing a podcast to kind of, it's not just for compensation. And it hasn't made any compensation. I just want to draw an audience. And I want all of you to listen to my stories. I want all of you to be inspired. But you know, look, if she can start late in life doing all these things and she can talk about everything freely, so can all of you. A lot of people are afraid to speak. I get it. A lot of people are shy. Hey, I'm shy too. I'd probably be even more shy when I show my face on a video, but it has to be done, right? In order for you to get out there so people can see and follow and you can have, I want to have a a legion of, of fans. I want to have a legion of followers. And I want all of you, every time I put out an episode, whatever the topic might be, I want all of you to, to subscribe and to, and to share with as many people as you can within your circle. Because I want everybody to understand, and it doesn't matter, again, who, I, who this applies to. It applies to everybody and anybody. Men, women, young and old, middle-aged, in between. It doesn't really matter. I appeal to everybody. And I like to think that I've been on this podcast now for close to three years. That, to me, is an award. If I can get an award, like everybody gets YouTube awards, they get this plaque where they get one million followers, I think we should do that for podcasters. Because everyone out there is always trying to compete, but everybody does it different. Everybody has a different format. I want to be able to interview people, or I want to be a guest on someone's podcast and get an idea. I want them to ask me questions, and I can talk about everything freely. But I also want to do the same, because I believe that... It will draw a bigger audience, but it will also make people realize, hey, look, she's going above and beyond. She wants to do more. I do. I want to one day tell you my biopic. I want to tell you my biography. I want to make it to the big screen. Maybe you'll hear me. Maybe you'll see me. I may do narration because I've been told by my LinkedIn contact, my little brother, that you are very good at narrating. You just know how to speak to people. I do. I, I mean, I take my lessons seriously. And I'm not reading from a script. Nobody's holding up a script and I'm reading it. I'm just, whatever script it is, it's a mental script. It's in my head. I remember the time when I used to be on, um, back in the day in the pandemic when I was on LinkedIn and I would respond. Somebody would put up a post and I would just say, my God, you speak so eloquently. And I know exactly what I'm going to say because I don't want that thought to get out of my head. So I have to type it. And I know exactly what I'm going to say and make my point across. Because I want people to understand. It's not as hard as you think. You can do this. All of you can do this. And they say, oh, you can make money doing a podcast. Yeah, you can. But I don't want it to be my life's mission. My life's mission is to go out there and be a humanitarian to help other people achieve life. Guide them, be a mentor, support them, 
teach them, inspire them, you know. Maybe one day get on the stage and talk to all of you of what I went through. Maybe one day you'll see you're not alone. I've gone through everything that you could possibly imagine. Still come out. You know, I'm still struggling. I went through that health scare. You know what it is when you go through a health scare? You realize what's important. You realize the people that are important to you. If I had not survived, I would have hurt a lot of people. And one person in particular that I actually have in my mind is my significant other. I think he would have been lost. First of all, he wouldn't have known unless someone's, oh my God, did you hear? Because, you know, again, you're not famous. If you're famous, you know, you get that recognition. And I've noticed that too. A lot of people, though, in the, in, in the celebrity pool, believe it or not, before they even became entertainers, because everybody always thinks, oh my God, they were born acting. No. A lot of them did ordinary jobs when they were younger, then came into the field. Some, some of them came into the acting field late. Not everybody starts at a young age. Everybody seems to think, oh my God, they all started at this age. No. It depends. Everybody goes through cycles, levels, you know. Again, we're all different levels and stages in our life. We're not all on the same page. And for me, I started off later in life to do this. I didn't even know about podcasting until I looked it up. I was like, oh, okay, what, what's this all about? And I took a chance and I got an account and I set it up. And then it went on to other platforms. And everyone said to me, you know, I love what you talk about. You know, you can pay, I pay tribute to people that I don't know or people that I know or people that I want to have on my show. So I figured I'm going to say a tribute to them. They will hear it and maybe I'll get a chance to meet somebody in person. Again, I'm not starstruck. A lot of people think, oh, but you are. No, because again, in this town that I live in, there are celebrities of all kinds, not just people on TV. There's authors, writers, humanitarians, sports figures, newscasters, so many different people that live in this town. And the reason why there's so many here where I live, because New York City's right across the river. And New York City has the Broadway and, and all the talk shows and variety shows. And that's why. Otherwise, hey, it wouldn't matter to me. If I make my mark in this world and I'm walking down, she's like, oh my God, don't I know you? I listen to your podcast, aren't you? See, now, I used to tell my name. I used to actually, when I first started doing this, I used to tell people who I was. Now I don't. Why? Because you could see it on the podcast itself. I don't want to do that. I used to actually promote. I promoted a product or an advertisement, and I think maybe that would make a difference. But to be honest with you, I want to graduate up to the next level. I want you guys to see me. I'm trying to build my own YouTube channel and hope to God I can get on there. I hope to God I can get on there and just do many different things and show you that side of me. Hey, I've gone through it. I've gone through every emotion that's out there, every type of crisis, still going through it. But I guess when when you, and again, when I've talked about cancer, that's my number one medium. That's the one subject that I know very well about. And also losing people. Death. Everyone's like, but you talk about it so much. Because, again, it will happen to all of you. Death will happen to someone that you know. Someone close. And you got to be prepared to handle it. Not many people can handle the loss of someone. Some people don't even... Some people I know don't even show any emotion. They are the ones that you have to worry about when you don't show any emotion at all. You don't cry when they pass. You don't cry at the, at the wake. You don't cry at the funeral. It's like 
it happened and then it's time to go on as if nothing. And I worry about that because I think to myself, you're denying it. You're not processing it in the correct way. But there is no right or wrong way to grieve. A lot of people cry, a lot of people show emotion, a lot of people don't. That's just a, that's just a given. Now, for me, it took a long time. Now, I'm still mourning. I'm still mourning. I miss my mother to this day. I miss my father. My father's been gone a lot longer. And I still have dreams about them. And some of the dreams I have are bizarre. There are times when I can actually hear my mother. I feel her, I feel her presence around me. Now, I don't want to wake up and see both of them standing at the edge of the bed. That would be a little creepy. But I've actually heard... I've actually heard... Um, I've heard her voice a few times and I wasn't hallucinating. Now, I might have been in and out of dreaming. That was a possibility, but yeah. But the point I want to make is this, you know, you can do anything at any time in your life. I've had my parents as my teachers and I can hear her voice in my head. You know, you're doing wonderful, you're doing great, you have a job and this and that. But she also sees me struggling and I think deep down inside, she wants to see the happiness in me. You know, achieving happiness is hard. Achieving anything in life is hard. But you don't stop until you get what you want. You continue on and get there to the best of your ability. And again, take your time. There is no marathon. There's no rush to do it. Trust me. I mean, again, I didn't think I could ever have a podcast. I started with very little listeners and look if you look at my numbers you'll see for yourself they have expanded my audience has expanded I thank all of you I thank all of you for listening to me I will continue to give you whatever it is you need any episodes any top whatever it is you want if you want to make a shout out and say hey look can you talk about this can you talk I'll talk about anything and everything there's nothing that I won't leave out but I will tell you one piece of advice go out there and achieve those dreams You have to fail many times before you can succeed in life. Failure is a part of trying. If you don't try ever, then you can't fail, right? Think about that. If you don't try, it's like you don't fail. In the process, you will be failing and falling and and stumbling. That's okay. Because that will make you stronger. In the end, you'll say, my God, I started from the bottom and I kept making mistakes and I kept failing. I thought I was going to give up but I continued on you continue on and if you have someone to focus on that's even better some people say oh I have this person to focus on because they are my inspiration or you can say my inspiration is myself I've said that many times I've said my parents were my biggest inspirers but in addition to that I'm my own personal inspirer Now I have someone I can focus on because he's saying, be the best that you could be. Be a better version of you. Go out there and do it. And I'm like, thank you for the encouragement. Thank you for the encouragement. So, oh, a blackout of some sort. Oh my God. I am terrified right now. It just happened as I was talking to all of you. I think I'm going to go to bed because if I stay down here, I am going to get scared. Yeah, it is dark. Don't know where this came from. Pitch dark over here. So, and I'm the, I don't like blackouts. I knew that was going to happen. I should have gone to bed earlier. Oh my God. Okay. 
So I'm going to end this right now. And I will say God bless all of you. Take care. Thank you.